Look at the spectacular finish. <laughs> and the Jordan. Was a near impossible shot over Carr. Antoine Carr is beneath the basket, stunned. What's up, everybody? My name is Cole McGee. I am the youth pastor at Redemption Church. This is not um, uh, exactly what you'd probably expect out of a out of a, a youth ministry. Um, maybe, maybe even a church. I don't know. I don't really know what we're doing here, but we're just doing things. Uh, I have three students on this podcast. Uh, this is not our ordinary show. This is a Last Dance Jordan documentary review show. Uh, so yes, my name is Cole McGee. I'm the youth pastor at Redemption Church. And I have three students who were willing to follow along with this doc and then review it after each episode. So I want to introduce you to these students because I think it's going to be really interesting to hear. Hold on. Sorry. All right. Yep. I'm gonna, it's going to be really interesting to hear. Um, the reactions of students as we go through this documentary. I mean, the big question about uh, the NBA sports and even like for Michael Jordan is, especially for young people, is we we all grow up and I, you know, I'm 35. So I kind of remember the end of Jordan's career in the 90s. But I also remember in college, LeBron James coming onto the scene. And I definitely remember Kobe. Like, yeah, that was like right when I was in high school. And so the big question is always who is the greatest basketball player of all time. And as for, as someone who's 35 and I talk to people who are older, who remember Jordan, I'm constantly defending LeBron James saying LeBron is the best player of all time. I don't know. I, I don't think you guys understand how good he is. And then with younger people, I'm always going, well, you know what, actually, I don't think you guys quite understand what Jordan was, who Jordan was, what he meant to basketball, what he meant to the world of sports. Um, and I hope that, Throughout this time, we can kind of have this discussion and, and, and talk to these young people and the students, teenagers, and they get a glimpse into who Jordan was. And uh, I really want to hear because I think they are, might be able to tell the truth after this documentary of who the best player in basketball of all time is. Uh, so let me introduce our students here. First up, I have uh, Nick. We're not going to be using last names. We're only going to be using first names. Nick. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Why are you interested in this? And also, uh, what is something that you're looking forward to as the documentary unfolds? I'm Nick. I am a sophomore, now junior at Lathan North. Um, I've played basketball all my life, and I just love the NBA, and I love all sorts of basketball. And I'm looking forward to... Um, I'm looking forward to learning a lot about Jordan because, you know, obviously I grew up in the era of LeBron and not Jordan. And I can talk a little bit about this, but like the main thing is I just love to learn about Jordan and really combat the view of Jordan versus LeBron. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're looking to like kind of be, take the other side, take the Jordan side. I'm looking to see what I'm looking for, Cole. <laughs> okay, yeah, you're learning. I love it. Good. Okay, next up we have Avery. Avery, tell us a little about yourself and also uh, why are you interested in this and what are you looking forward to in the in the uh, documentary? Um, I'm a freshman and I'm looking forward to this because, well, I don't really know much about NBA. I've mainly been interested in college basketball, but this seems like a fun thing to learn more about. Yeah, good. Joel, how about you? Uh, <laughs> dude, am I muted? 
<laughs> Joel was muted, and well, he then he was unmuted, then he muted himself, and now he's unmuted again. <laughs> Am I unmuted? I can't tell. No, you're good. You're good. You, okay, you, I'm we, chilling. We can, we can I'm chilling. Yeah, you're Sweet. Good. Okay, hi. I'm Joel. I'm going to be a freshman in college, kind of a senior right now. I don't really understand it, but uh, I have always been on the whole LeBron side of the argument for certain reasons that I can go into later. So to learn more about Jordan, because to be honest, I haven't really seen much like footage or like gameplay of Michael Jordan. So to see like his impact on the game and how he played is something that like I am going to love to see so I can compare the two in a little bit deeper uh, analysis, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So we have Joel, who has a strong opinions. Uh, Nick, who is um, open, as I as I understand, you're you're pretty open to like to learn and figure out what's going on. You're you are more rational about this. Well, Joel is like I know what I think. Yeah, Joel, is that right? Is that fair? Yeah, that's that's fair. okay. Nick, and you're open, and Avery's a complete outsider. She's like, <laughs> I watch college basketball. I don't know much about this at all. I don't even know really why I was asked to do this, but here I am. My dad's having a great time watching it, but I. I don't know much about the NBA. What I hope, Avery, what I hope, though, is that you see the NBA is superior to college basketball basketball in almost every way, and I hope that you come to see that. I'm just kidding, but seriously. The NBA is a soap opera, and it's amazing. Thank you, Joel. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Nick, your thoughts? Um, I mean, that's so true. The fact that the players get to like manage everything, the colleges – Get, control their identity but in the nba they just run free have you seen their twitter accounts bro they're katie's got especially, burners especially that's true especially after the podcast i don't know if you guys or the documentary i don't know if you guys saw all of the nba players who were everyone was talking about this document did you guys see this yeah all the tweets yes uh it it was wild it was wild okay so let's get into it i want to get into the to the documentary a little bit um what we're going to do is we're going to kind of run through this and I just have some some thoughts. I, I took notes as I was watching it. And we're going to start. Uh, anybody that, if you want to jump in and say something, feel free to jump in. But I also have some questions for you. And I'd love to get your guys' takes on this. So, of course, the documentary starts with this early montage of the Bulls and the team itself and the Bulls drafting Jordan and the promise of a title. And it, and it moves quickly to the first NBA title in 1991. Then it shows the title in 92. And then it shows the first Bulls three-peat uh, championship in 93. And whether it's college or the NBA, a three-peat national champion is insane. And I think now that it's happened, if, if and the NFL happens a lot, you know, I guess the Patriots were, well, was it? Yes. Did the, does the NFL have it? Okay. Yes. But the, in the NBA, the NBA, the nature of basketball, it's just so hard to win like that. And, and, and to three-peat is in, insane. And the big question, I think, there's going to be this thing in the documentary. I think it's, it's – and it's kind of built around Jordan's approach. Is, is this Bulls dynasty, is it the best team ever? Is it the best team ever? And early on, what do you guys think? Is this Bulls team, this Bulls dynasty, is it the best team ever? And if you don't think it is, what, what, what do you think? No, it's not. I, I'm going to have to say no, just because the, the way the, well, especially for like 
us we we got to see like the warriors era yes and the the gameplay and like the way they moved was so much different than i feel like the bulls played and now if i saw those two teams play each other i'm gonna put my money on the warriors like seven out of ten times like it's just different the the game has changed in a way it's like the three ball is so valuable and i don't think they really used it near as much with the bulls but i think michael jordan would not be guarded by anyone like on any team to be honest but yeah i I don't think they're the greatest you don't think they're the greatest nick you agree i do agree i believe that the warriors team is the greatest dynasty that we will ever see as of right now they're insane wow. they're unstoppable not now but like run back to 2015 16 with all those people you got okay if you're comparing against the bulls team you got rodman but then you got draymond green shut down defender gets reborns he's he's basically a dennis rodman and then you got the splash bros and then you can guard see you got scotty pippen but you also have kevin durant and you got Michael yeah, yeah. Jordan, but you got Clay Thompson and Steph Curry. That's just better. Yeah. I, oh God, voice crack. Anyways, <laughs> I, I I don't think I don't know how they would guard. I know I feel like Pippen could do a pretty good job of guarding Kevin Durant, but I don't think they have an answer for Clay and Curry yeah. both. Yeah, they, you can't. Avery, what do you think? Um. Well, I feel like that. Bulls team just from watching the first two episodes was so reliant on those two players Pippen and Jordan yeah 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 that is that is an interesting thing in terms of the team I think this is going to be a tension in the documentary is it the best team uh and I I think the Warriors for sure they might have four Hall of Famers on that team uh, as a collection of talent but you have to you have to acknowledge the Warriors did not do it as long as the Bulls did I mean, because the Bulls were so reliant on two players, as Avery was saying, that let them have a kind of a rotating cast of other of other players come in, and they did it over a decade. I mean, over a decade. That's pretty incredible in the NBA. I mean, thoughts? Am I wrong on that? Can we just take a pause? It is uh, it is 420 on 420. Okay. Joel. All right. All right. <laughs> I'll have to edit that out. Continue. <laughs> uh, what was I going to say? Oh, I think that the difference between the two is the Bulls did not have to play against LeBron James. Mm-hmm. And Giannis. And Giannis Antetokounmpo. Like, I'm they, I'm not saying the competition was, like, necessarily worse, but LeBron is, like, today's Jordan. So... Okay. To like I, to play him, yeah. I, I'm all. All I'm saying is, I would much rather play any team those Bulls teams played than Finals LeBron. Okay, so let's keep going. At this point, there was a there's a great quote as Oprah entered. Oprah actually comes on the screen and introduces Jordan as the most famous man on the planet. I mean, this was Oprah in the '90s, so Oprah is maybe the most famous person on the planet, and she says that Jordan is the most famous man on the planet, and then they quickly. Start. They introduce Scottie Pippen, and you can tell in this documentary Scottie Pippen's going to be key to the story, especially of this of this season. Um, one, I, I we're going to get into this in a little bit. I want to hear what you guys think, but Scottie Pippen's role in this Bulls team 
I think it, not, it kind of transcends basketball and also starts to kind of start to be about life. That friend that you have, maybe even that person, it's not even a friend. It's a person that in some ways, I mean, the Jordan Pippen relationship was never super, uh, super defined as a friendship. They seem to be sometimes competitive with each other, but for whatever reason, you put them on the basketball court together and they were, they were locked in. They were just like each other's wingman, but they weren't necessarily like best friend friends or buds. So I'm curious about that. But anyways, let's keep going. Uh, I also, we talked about the Warriors. Steve Kerr is obviously going to play a role in this. And I think it's funny that the Warriors coach is Steve Kerr. I think that's really interesting. And, uh, and then eventually it shows the 96 NBA finals championship. And Scotty Pippen says, again, we were the greatest team ever. And, and so here's, here's what I'm wondering. And I'm going to start with Avery. Why do you think that, do you think that these players, of course, they're going to say they were the greatest team ever. Like they're, of course they're going to do it. Or do you think they really do think they were the greatest team ever? Avery. Um, I think it could be a little bit of both. Like, why? They won three times. Like they won back to back, to back. Yeah, yeah, two yeah, times. yeah. And then, yeah, like then two more. So they won five titles. Yeah. Yeah. So there's that, but then there's also the Warriors, like now. But right. Yeah. I do think it's important. It's a good point. Like that they they have. They won five titles. And for Nick and Joel, I know you guys are on the Warriors side. They won five titles. Yeah. Just give them time, bro. Give who time? I give think them 10 years. The Warriors? Yeah. Uh, I mean, they oh, started okay, in okay. 2015. Andrew Wiggins right. is leading them to championship. Okay. 100%. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Even even Avery's like, I know Andrew Wiggins. He he was terrible at KU. Oh god. <laughs> uh, okay, so yeah, go ahead. Uh, in that like regard, like how you're talking about how Pippen and Jordan didn't seem like they were like good friends. They were just like, yeah, good players together. Had me thinking yeah. about like duos and like the greatest duos of all time. Like, wh- yeah. what do you think? Like, where do they stand? Would you call them the greatest duo of all time? Well, I, here's the problem. Is I, I, again, here's the problem. If I say it's Pippen and Jordan, how am I, how am I not going to say that they're not the best team of all time? I mean, yeah. this is this is what's difficult. Is Pippen and Jordan, man? I they did not win. I mean, Jordan said this: we were not what we were until Pippen came along, mm-hmm. and whatever happened there, they just unlocked each other. And and I'm just fascinated by the fact that they weren't really friends. They just had this like innate weird chemistry. Part of it, we're going to get into it a little bit, but part of it is I think they're both from like rural towns and they grew up in like kind of this outside of this urban environment. And they also both came from the South. And I think they had this common background. They just had this hard wiring that was pretty similar, but something about those two, it just worked. And I, I think I'm going to say that those are probably the best. I mean, that's the best basketball duo I can think of easy outside of that. I don't really, it's hard because basketball, you know, if you have one or, you know, there's only five people who really play as starters. Mm -hmm. So two people is almost half your, half your team. So I, I think it, it might, I think it might be, I can't think of anybody else that I would say, yeah, absolutely. What about you guys? 
I definitely think the biggest contenders for that is Shaq and Kobe. Yeah, for sure. That's what I was I thinking. Just, I just because not as much as like it was Kobe, but like Shaq in his prime plus Kobe at any point in his career would be like almost impossible to beat. And I'm pretty sure they probably would have kept winning too if they or if Shaq didn't leave. But yeah, but I, there again, that they didn't though. Yeah. I mean, they just they just didn't do it. Yeah. It fell apart. I feel like you don't see duos like that ever. Like, or at least now in the like, current Well, you NBA. do, but they're not elite. They're not elite like they were back well, then. I think it's because nobody wants to be the second, or like the second fiddle, you know? Like, well, let's, well, let's just go ahead and get into it about Pippen. I mean, this shows up in this second episode, but Avery, for you, your thought, what did, why do you think Pippen signed a contract that was that bad for seven years like what, I mean, that obviously leads to the, why he's on the team for so long and why they didn't have this falling apart. But what did you think of the, when they were telling the story about Pippen and signing the contract and him getting upset? Uh, what were your reaction? What, were, what was your reaction to that? Well, I mean, like it said, like originally he signed it. He said he wanted to, you know, make sure his family was taken care of. But then as he went further along, he realized he could make more and he was worth more. Right. Right. Yeah. Could you understand? Could you understand why he did that? Oh yeah. When he ta- started talking about his like brother and dad both being in wheelchairs in his house. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, okay, well that makes sense. Any person with like a brain would try to take the safe option at that point and take their eighteen million. What was it? Eighteen million. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, eighteen million over seven years. Yeah. I, I saw something. I saw something that said, you know, he was the hundred twenty second ranked player in terms of salary in the nba the player who would be the 122nd ranked player today is andre roberson bruh uh, bruh just think about that think about that scotty pippen as phil jackson said might have been the second best player in the nba yeah and he was making as much money as andre roberson so that's i mean that that is insane to me I, so what what do you got who do you think is the villain in this situation you know, you have Pippin, you have Kraus, who's the GM, and then you have Reisendorf, or yeah, Reinsdorf, who's the president, um, who says, by the way, signs the contract and says, don't come back to me. You signed this deal, the seven-year deal. All I can think of is Salvador Perez. Salvador Perez signs a contract that is way under value, but he comes from like this really poor area. He takes care of his family. And Dayton Moore is the one who comes back in and says, hey, we need to, re- we need to redo a deal here because this isn't fair to you. And but the Bulls never do that with Pippen. Mm-hmm. Like, so am I reading that wrong? Or who do you guys think is who's in, who's responsible for the breakdown of that relationship? It's management for sure. Yeah. Why? Because, as you said, P- Pippen is in a he's top of the league and he's getting paid next to nothing compared to people. I mean, it's just not fair. It, there's no part about that that seems fair to me. Yeah, I well, because I'm gonna be real, he definitely messed up by signing that i think he really like undersold his potential like he coming from like you said that small town and he went to like was it central arkansas yeah, yeah. and i mean he was central but he was the fifth pick in the nba draft yeah. but i i think like personally he did not believe that he was ever going to become as like big of a player as he was that's at first i mean he's can you imagine a 23-year-old player who was the fifth pick in the NBA draft signing a seven-year 
year contract. Yeah. So you're 23 like when you're baseball. done. You're th- you're 30. Mm-hmm. That's insane. Well, I want to know too. I want to know what his agent did at all of that. He had to have fired that guy. Oh, for sure. <laughs> okay, so let's keep, let's keep going. So they start to talk about how at the end of the ninety or ninety seven, ninety eight season, whatever it is, um, they're going to start rebuilding. And Krause says, like, we need to rebuild. These guys are getting old. And here here's the deal. I don't think he's wrong. I actually think that he's right. They the Bulls were getting old, and as a GM, you're going to have to start thinking about the future because these players aren't going to be here, but you are. So. And, and then they bring up this tension that I think is also going to be in the documentary. Who wins championships here? Who wins championships? Organization, The organization or the players? And I think the NBA has made a clear statement. The players win championships going forward, right? Nowadays, the players win championships. Mm-hmm. And so everything is geared toward the, towards the players. But you look over at the NFL – and it is clear in the NFL. I I know I appreciate Pat Mahomes. I think he's a great player, but the the he has no rights. Like he cannot leave the Chiefs. The Chiefs are going to franchise tag him. He's going to be with the Chiefs the rest of his career. Mm-hmm. And so like, and really in the NFL, they're like, no, the organization wins wins. They're they're they have they have the they have all the power. And in the NBA, the players have all the power. Which do you prefer? Which do you think is right? Who should have more power in how things go, the organization or the players? It's the players. They're the ones playing the wow. game. They should they should control the game because they're the ones playing the game. They're not risking injury like the management. Management's sitting back there and they're making the decisions and that they at the end of the day, they don't shoot the shots and they don't make the steals and make the buckets. It's the players. They just sit there and make a good team and hope that the players can do it. But at the end of the day, it's the players, so the players should control it. It's players' blood, sweat, and tears. Yeah. Joel, Avery, what do you guys think? I think it's really hard for someone to like say that management is what wins it because – like for management to say they want it and to be good, they obviously have to have good players. If you you can't management can't do anything with bad players because to make good moves you need good players. Like there's there's no way in my mind that management wins championships. The players win championships. Yeah, I agree. Avery. I agree with both Nick and Joel. Avery, you agree even though you're a college fan. I mean, you you still think that that. Because I mean, college, the coaches and the and the institutions run everything. Yeah, but I think it still goes back to like the players are still the ones going out and playing the games. Yeah, well, I mean, it it, it is a I think it's a big tension. I think a the the new movement, especially young sports fans, the players are the thing, and the organizations that. Um, understand that and and kind of foster that environment usually do well even in college the teams the college teams that um, take care of the players those are the ones who get recruits you know yep. and so I mean I think that the culture has definitely changed at this time you guys that is not how anyone, anyone saw it in the 80s and 90s it was team over everything it was organization over everything and ever and you got in line and you did you didn't you didn't make a fuss you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. so this was like a this was a pretty big tension that was building that i really think might have changed sports this was a big moment so as we as we keep going on here um, we we need to talk about something that i think has taken over uh, 
especially our text messages, my text messages with my friends, and especially the concern of my wife. Jordan's red eyes, dude. What is what is going on? He must have smoked something. Oh yeah. Okay, it's super weird though because I feel like every time I see Jordan in a video or anything, like when he's retired, his eyes are always red. It's because he just oh go. Did you guys? Do you guys notice what 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 is going on, Avery? Did you notice this? Yes, I did. I didn't. Yeah. But did your dad notice it? Like, who, what did everyone say? What do you think? What do you think is happening? Seasonal allergies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it is. No, but I feel like ever since the crying Jordan emoji, I've always noticed he's always got red eyes now. He does. Like, I don't know if that's like, maybe it's like something medical. I don't know. I'm concerned. I'm, I'm hesitant to talk about it because I'm afraid it would be something medical and then I'd get it. I know. That's make true. Because I have yellow eyes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, next question. I have another question for you. Uh, the Bulls travel to Paris when they get off the bus. They have these gray on gray sweatshirt oh, material oh, outfits. Oh my god! We need to talk, about, no. dude. Yes or no? Yes or no, no. on the gray on gray no, sweatshirts? No, no. Hard pass. Those things look like Rocky or not? Not Rocky Lamar. Rocky in the movies. Balboa. Yeah, Rocky Balboa when yeah, yeah, yeah. running up the steps, bro. Those things are nasty. Not mm. great. Not great. Uh, also, did you know that Phil Jackson was so tall? He has the broadest shoulders I've seen in a long Dude, time. <laughs> they showed the team photo, and I'm like, whoa, Phil Jackson is a massive human being. I did not know that. Okay. Also, I just like figured out now that Phil Jackson was like also the coach of the Lakers during their little dynasty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So like I that- have I have a take on this later, but Phil Jackson, hands down, is has the easiest, most cush coaching job mm-hmm. ever. Yeah. Hand the ball to Kobe, <laughs> hand the ball to Jordan, <laughs> yeah. and then just sit back and be like, yeah, I'm a genius. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, Jordan's suits, like his suits, the bagginess of the suits. Yes or no on the baggy suit look? Well, I, no, but I it doesn't like matter. It. I mean, Avery, I feel like Avery says no. I no. feel like it's hard to ask us because we're like – Early 2000s. Yeah, that was the style back then. That was like yeah, 90s. But is it, so like back then yeah, but is it ever years. coming back? Is it ever coming back? No, it's not, I don't no, think it's it not coming back. Have you seen people in the NBA now, dude? It's like it was in the 60s. Their shorts are as high as possible. I I'm not complaining. That's how I wear my shorts. Yes, dude. It's like it three never- rolls. Oh God! Okay. I hate Kyle it. Kyle Kuzma's like pre-game like outfits are disgusting. Have you yeah, seen Avery, Russell you, Westbrook? Let, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let, let's ask Avery wait, the style. Well, you don't like the style. I well, the shorts. I, the shorts were too short. The shorts, the shorts are too were short. too short. Yeah, but in the in the nineties, um, part of the the deal was one uh, Jordan. It you know technically I can't say it was Jordan. Jordan was not responsible for the baggy shorts. That was actually the the Fab Five at Michigan, which by the way is an incredible documentary if you've never seen that. But uh, the Jordan, though, in the NBA broke kind of the rules on how long your shorts can be. He started he was the one that kind of brought the baggy shorts in, which is kind of cool. So. All right. So let's go. Let's go to uh, Jordan. It it flashes to Jordan at at UNC at North Carolina with Dean Smith there. I don't know if you guys know this, but Dean Smith is one of the worst coaches of all time. I can't stand him. I can't stand North Carolina. And I hope their whole school burns down. (laughs) But everyone lives. I hope everyone lives. Anyways. Anyways. it, it, I, thought, I thought it was interesting 
Uh, real quick, I think somebody might be breathing pretty heavy into the mic. At L3. Uh, that's okay. Make sure make sure you stay a little bit away from the mic so you're not breathing straight into it. Okay, so I... Uh, <clears throat> so uh, th- uh, at, while they're at UNC, everybody is talking, and um, I think Roy Williams has the line of the documentary. He says, Jordan was the only player that could turn it on and off. And he never freaking turned it off. <laughs> I thought that was an incredible line. And I do not like Roy Williams at all. I, I think I can't stand him. But I thought that line was incredible. Did you guys hear that part? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I almost I like in the I'm the opposite of Avery. I like don't know like almost anything about college basketball history. Yeah. So to find out that James Worthy also played at UNC. Oh, yeah. And, like, with Michael Jordan at one point. I was like, whoa. That's sick. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. So they, they so then they go to the NBA draft and I thought it was interesting that Bob Knight, who is one of the most curmudgeonly terrible. Oh, he's the human worst, beings, dude. He's one of the worst human beings. But to hear him say that's the best basketball player I have ever seen play, I thought that was wild. Bob Knight doesn't compliment his children, much less <laughs> Michael Jordan. So I that was a wild statement. And then they draft Hakeem Olajuwon out of Houston, University of Houston, goes to that the Houston Rockets. though. It does, absolutely. And number two, the Portland Trailblazers take out of my beloved Kentucky Wildcats, <laughs> Sam Bowie. Uh, maybe the worst pick ever because pick three, Chicago takes Jordan. How would you feel, one, to be the person who picked Sam Bowie, and two, how would you feel to be Sam Bowie? <laughs> Just know that you were the biggest mistake in it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually, a funny story. I saw Sam Bowie one time at Kentucky when I was at a Kentucky basketball game, and I spilled nacho cheese on his shoes. Oh, no way. Well, yeah, dude, I was like well. – Were they I was in middle school. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine if he was wearing Jordans? Yeah. I got to tell you, that's a great joke. I just want to sit on that one for a little while. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyways, yeah, I, I thought that was uh, I, yeah, I was in line and I turned and I actually sp- spilt my nachos on his shoes and he was real cool about it. But you know, whatever. Okay, a few things I thought this is interesting, especially how the NBA is now. Uh, the the guys who didn't think that he would be that big big of a deal in the NBA because he wasn't seven foot tall. Okay. Walt Frazier, uh, Bill Walton. Uh, guys, the NBA is way different now. Yeah, it is way different now. Look at Isaiah Thomas, dude. I mean, he's not uh, that good, but he was barely what was he six foot? Oh yeah, he was barely six foot tall. And um, okay, so uh, real quick, how baller is this baller or is this weird? Jordan wearing a, a as a rookie wearing a gold chain at practice. That was That's so baller. Weird. That was drip, dude. That was nice. <laughs> he had the double oh, chain. Oh, that was good. And he was a rookie wearing a gold chain of practice. You know what that reminded me of? Have you seen Bronny? No. Have you seen? Well, I know who he is. Look up Bronny's team picks, and he has yeah. the fattest chain on his neck, and that's what that reminded me of. <laughs> that's hilarious. That's so funny. Uh, okay, also, uh, the Bulls, bizarrely European. Tony Kukoc, 6'8", big man who can shoot. They Just a heads up, there were not that many guys like that at the time. Uh, he was kind of a – he was kind of a – it's kind of a freak. Now, of course, you know, the NBA is global. But it brought me to this point because I saw him wearing the – I saw Jordan wearing shoes, and I made this note. 
what are the best Jordan shoes? Do you have a do you have Jordans that yeah, like these are, these are the best? Jordan ones, dude. Yeah, for I have no idea. Jordan you don't, Avery, you don't you're best. not a big Jordan shoe person? Um, I don't not really. Okay. I don't know. Avery. My brother is. Open open up a tab okay. or something okay. and look up the Jordan 11 retros. These are these are my favorite. These are incredible shoes. While that, while you're doing that, let us know when you get there. But everybody else can do it too, obviously. But best Jordan shoes, the Jordan 11 retro retros. I love love those shoes. Oh my goodness. Okay. Well, so, uh, yeah, no, like I, I like the 11s a lot. And they're good. You those know? are so sick. You want to hear my problem with the 11s, Cole? Just saying, incredible. I don't like right, the so, people who uh, wear it. Uh, so. Yeah. Whoa. That's me. <laughs> that on that. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> uh, okay, so at the end of episode... No, I know, I know. At the end of episode one, um, I thought the documentary was really good. I thought at this point, I was like, man, I, I like this. This is neat. And then by the end of episode one, they are they start to do the player intros with that corny music, that do-do-do-do-do-do, and they start doing the announcements. And I don't know if this translates to today, but I, I know it's corny, I know it's cheesy, but that intro, especially when they said six six from North Carolina, dude, I remember that the one I I hated the Bulls at the time. I did not like the Bulls. And I remember that intro and I remember them always announcing Jordan like that. And dude, if something rushed back, I got chills during that part of the the documentary because I just remember how much power that intro and how much power Jordan had when he was he was when they announced him on, into the game did that translate for you guys where is it is it cheesy now no. or were you like no that was honestly probably my favorite like moment of episode one really yeah well Cole I can tell you this from a player's standpoint there's nothing yeah. cooler than when they announce your name at the start of the game there's nothing oh cooler. yeah no better feeling than that so like oh, sure. me watching that, like that's my dream to be to yeah. have everybody scream your name as you run out on the court and everybody's focused on you. That's the coolest thing. Oh man, Avery, did that translate for you? Yeah, yeah, it was, it was, it was cool. I mean, I don't, <laughs> yeah, it was, <laughs> it was cool. It was cool. <laughs> uh, okay, so so it goes to episode two. It goes to episode two, and this one goes a little bit faster because we talked about Pippin already a little bit. Um, and this really focused in on Scotty Pippen as Scotty's wingman. Um, and I, I thought it was interesting. They said Jordan would put people through the ringer and he made Scotty tougher. Um, but the big question I think I want to ask you guys, and we said this at the beginning, who is your Scotty Pippen? Like who is the person in your life that it's not necessarily a friend and go ahead and name them. It's not necessarily a friend. It could be a friend, but it doesn't have to be a friend. And it might not even be a close friend, but it's someone in your life that you're like, I don't know. We just have, whether it's on the basketball court or whether it's in this area of life or this area of life, they make me better. I think I make them better. And I, I don't know, like we just have this weird, we can put things aside and we work really well together. Do you have anyone like that? I do on the court. Yes. Who? His name's Kenrick. And actually, no, I'd say probably Jerry. Cause me and Jerry were, were the Scotty Pippen and the Michael Jordan of our team. This year in freshman yeah. year, too. And it doesn't matter because, I mean, we're friends, but we're not, like, close friends outside. Like, I only see him at school. 
But when we're on the court, man, we're connected. What is that? Because I had the same thing in, in high school. I played basketball, and it was this guy named Tim. And we, like, we didn't even really get along. Like, he dated my girlfriend. Like, we didn't get along at all. And yet, when we were on the basketball court together, I, he knew where I was. I knew where he was. And there was just, like, a chemistry there. Yeah. I don't... And I, it, it, it translated over even into real life. Like, we didn't really like each other, but, like... But like when we were in groups together, we just worked well together. I don't know what it was. I yeah. can't tell you what it is, but it's there. It's just what yeah. it is. I had that for uh, for baseball because my friend Nathan and I have like been playing on the same club team and everything for like years now. We've been playing together since like second grade and we're both like left-handed pitchers. And my goal is always to be like the best pitcher on my team. And games will go on where – They'll put him out right after me or him before me. And my goal is always just to go like one more inning than him or go as long as I can and get as many strikeouts as I can just to like top him. Just because like, I'm like, I want to be the better pitcher. And then he'll come out and do his best to do the exact same. And it's just like, nothing. Does it get get translated as enemies or does it for some reason, does it translate as friends? I think it's like, a mutual like respect you know because like yeah. as you're saying jordan and respect pippen don't like they're not like friends off the court or, like great friends off the court it's, it's kind of like that i want to be the best but i also recognize that you have talent and could be the best but i'm not going to let you have that it's like the i'm gonna do better than you interesting i like the word respect like that's really like i there is a kind of respect there that's interesting avery what about you um, well, before all the spring sports were canceled, um, yeah. I was uh, in track and field, and I was competing yeah. for a varsity spot with yeah. this other girl, and we kind of had something like that. You just pushed each other. Yeah. Did it, did it get translated as enemies, or but it, or or was it more just like like Joel was kind of saying respect? Yeah, we had respect. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, that's interesting. That brings okay. up like to me though, like. Yeah. I want to hear more viewpoint of what Michael Jordan thinks about Scottie Pippen as oh, a player. Oh, man. Yeah. He, dude, I do too. I saw something interesting today. I was watching it. it what were you saying, Nick? Nothing, nothing. I think Nick is jumping on and off. Yeah. Oh, okay, there he is. It's fine. Um. Uh. Okay, good. So, uh, I, I, want, I do too. I want to hear what Jordan has to say. I, I, I started, heard an interview today. They were talking about uh, Spike Lee was saying that Jordan has never, ever publicly ever said he was the best player of all time. He always says, he always says, we were the best team of all time. I think that's fascinating. I think that's absolutely fascinating about Jordan. Anyways, okay. So, uh, Scott, a few things about Scottie Pippen. Scottie Pippen grows to 6'7 in college and kept his guard skills, which was crazy at the time, but let's be honest, now it's not really that big of a deal. But, uh, I mean, we have like, Anthony Davis, who was six one in high school and grew to seven foot tall or six ten and kept his guard skills. But then also, I think this is interesting. Scotty Pippen, as they said, Scott Pippen was picked fifth overall to the Supersonics. Let's imagine a Scotty Pippen, Sean Kemp, Gary Payton Dude. team. Can we imagine that for that's a second? That's the most athletic. I don't know if they'd win a lot, but that's the most athletic team of that. Dude, Dude that's incredible. It's crazy. Uh, also, Scottie Pippen's son right now plays for Vanderbilt. Thought that was interesting. Oh yeah. 
Vanderbilt's terrible, but he plays for, <laughs> he plays for uh, the head coach at Vanderbilt is Jerry Stackhouse. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, it, it got me thinking about this. What is what is Scottie Pippen's motivation to play basketball? What do you think it is, and what is Jordan's motivation to play basketball? Oh, well, I think Jordan. I don't know about Scottie, but I think Jordan's motivation is there's nothing more he loves in this world. That's just what brings him joy. I mean, you can yeah. see it with the court and how he plays. He just loves playing the game. He loves to beat you, and he loves to like just be the best. That's what he was. He loves to be. Yeah, and and they get into that a little bit as they talk about the end of this episode about Jordan's family life, which is interesting. But what was what do you think Scotty's is? Scotty seems like kind of mysterious to me, almost. Yes, like you never really get like an inside of what he ever like personally thinks about like the game of basketball or even about his draft scenario, like or playing with Jordan. Again, like I was saying, Jordan doesn't talk about Scotty, but Scotty doesn't really talk about Jordan either. No, they don't, but you put them on the court together and it's Scotty and Jordan. It's Pippen well, and Jordan. One thing, too, about Scotty that I thought was interesting is when he came to the team and Charles Oakley was like giving him a hard time in the locker room because Scotty was like, I'm going to be the best player on this team. Yeah. I've never heard Scotty Pippen ever say anything like that. Yeah. But that was, that was, that was wild to me. First of all, or second of all, Charles Oakley, it, dude, Charles Oakley, if you ever want to go down a rabbit hole, go on YouTube and search Charles Oakley fights. It's terrifying. Nobody, it's, <laughs> dude, he, he got into a fight about three years ago while Christoph Porzingis was at the free throw line. He got into a fight with a security guard at a Knicks game in the crowd. That <laughs> <laughs> dude loves to fight. <laughs> yes, he does. Okay. Uh, so let, let's, let's start to wrap it up here uh jordan it goes into jordan's past and this is kind of where i I really want to and before we end on the playoff run they go into jordan's past and i thought this was fascinating you could tell jordan started crying a bit when he was talking about his about his experience of being in uh, you know childhood sports and the racism that he experienced he started you could see him kind of get a little teary-eyed where he was like um was it really tears like i've had this experience of like being a kid on sports team and the, the racism of growing up in the south and then he also then said specifically that he was constantly fighting for his father's attention and this fight for his father's attention and love and acceptance he said specifically it was traumatic to him like he 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 was it was traumatic and it, it it seemed to develop this core drive of competition to win his father's favor. Did you guys find that fascinating at all? Yeah. Yeah, I think Avery, Avery, Hold on, I want to hear from Avery first. Avery, what did you think? And then Nick and then Joel. Uh I thought it was cuz Yeah, most people don't have like they don't they don't have to compete for attention. Like he kind of yeah, had Yeah, but to, he is it weird to you, Avery, that like the thing that made him great is deeply broken? <laughs> it's interesting. I feel yeah. like. Yeah. Nick, what do you think? I think that like that's some of the reason he wants it more than you is because ever since he was young, he if he didn't want to work for it, he wasn't gonna get it. 
And so he learned, he figured out at a young age, if I want my father's attention, if I want my father's love, if I want anything like that, I'm going to have to bust my butt better than you to get it. Yeah. Joel. Yeah. I honestly just think it's, it's that, that, that scenario is what instilled that drive in him. Cause the whole time, like as that coach said, he was like, he turns it on and off whenever he wants to, but he never turns it off. He never turns it off. And like no load management for Jordan. Jordan just did it. Like they had to keep him off the court after that injury. Like he just goes. So my question is like, it seems as though he, I don't know, Val and I were talking about it, but it seems as though this trauma how it gave him a lot of anxiety and made him super irritable. And it, it just, he never healed or dealt with it. And so how he heal how he learned to deal with it is just to overpower it by winning and competing and being the best on the basketball court. And you could see that when he broke his foot, he was like, I was anxious. I was irritable. I couldn't play. And like this, not playing and winning it, it, I think in some ways that's how he coped with this trauma of his father only giving him any value, only if he, if he was better than his brother, which is bizarre. And then like, and so, and so then like you could, you could, I was thinking about his MVP speech and when he, when he, or his hall of fame speech and remember in his hall of fame speech, he went through each and every player, person in his life that told him he couldn't do something. And he was like, I did it. I did it. I did it. Do you remember, do you remember what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah, and like you could tell the thing that made him great is that he never really learned to deal with this experience as a child um except for basketball. And so I'm wondering now without basketball, what is this man doing to deal with this? I don't think he's doing anything. Is I mean, does he drink? Is that why he has yellow eyes? I'm serious. Yes. Is, like, is he just drinking all the time? Yeah. Is he just numbing out constantly? Uh huh. I mean, could you could you ever imagine Jordan going to a pastor or going to therapy and trying yeah. to deal with this? Could you? No. I would never see that happen ever. No, he he wouldn't do that. It's not how he is. And then he does the pill analogy, right? Where he's hurt, and the Reisendorf is like, uh, "There's nine. There's a ten pills. Nine can cure you, and one can kill you." Will you and would you take it? And he's like, depends on how bad the headache is. Like, what is wrong with Jordan? What is wrong with him? <laughs> That's a baller answer. It's baller, except it's so broken. It's so not okay. Like he would just be like, yeah, I'd kill myself if. But it depends on how bad the headache is. Like. <laughs> that's just that's just wild to me. Okay, so let let me let's finish up with this. Also, I want to know why the yeah why why did the Hornets suck so bad? Like Michael Jordan needs to go in there and yell at them, bro. Like, Alonzo Mourning. Oh. <laughs> the, the 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 Hornets had Alonzo Mourning, uh, Larry Johnson, and Muggsy Bogues. Muggsy they, Bogues they were, were terrible. Yeah, they, they were. They, he was not great. Well, I'm talking about the franchise now, like. Because they traded away. Like, I'm trying to Jordan, like, you know. Because Malik Monk. Malik Terrible. He's not great, man. And and the poor guy is now has a bad drug problem. So he's probably. Dunzo. He's probably done. (laughs) Yeah. So we go. So then we, we, they bring up the 86 playoffs. And this is, this is Jordan's coming out party. I mean, I don't remember this. I was two at the time. But I saw a documentary on the bad boys. And it was, uh, it was big. It was like. I mean, his 63 points, 
in the game two, his 49 points in game one. And everyone came out of that series going, the era of Magic Johnson, Larry Bird is done. And Jordan's the best player of all time, or best player in the NBA right now. And here's the crazy thing about that. That's 63 points. You guys, he never attempted a three. Mm -mm. Those 63 points all came from twos. Yeah, you don't shoot threes back then. He just drives it and dunks it on you. He just drives it and dunks it. It's wild. Okay, so that was it. And then it ended with Pippen saying he wants to trade and that we're obviously going to go into that. Um, but ultimately, so at the end of the two episodes, what I want to hear is just a, you know a few sentences from you guys. Overall, what are your impressions of this so far? Are you excited about it going forward? Was it what you thought it would be? Um, let's start with Joel. I am extremely excited. And I think it's like a lot more than I thought it would be. I think it's really cool to see like the bad parts of the bulls, you know? Absolutely. Like you're going to, it's crazy how much film there that they're not going to show us. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, uh, Nick or Avery, go ahead. I loved it. I loved every part of it. Like, I don't think they could do anything else that would make me hate it. It's just great. I don't know what to say. It's just great. That's awesome. I, I, I'm so glad you're excited about it. Avery, I know you are a little dubious. No, I did think it was good. And like, I wasn't, I was kind of skeptical, but I was interested and it kind of caught my attention. So I'm excited for it. Yeah, I'm excited to see I, what my goal is after all 10 episodes, Avery to be like the biggest NBA fan. <laughs> I want her to go, I want her to go buy 2K. I want her to be like, hey, have you guys heard about this? John ja Morant character in the in Memphis, like do you yes, say character? Dude, I, I bought a, a John ja Morant jersey, and it's gonna get here this week. You bought a John ja Morant jersey, yeah. dude. That's actually pretty. It's cool. the it's the Vancouver one too. I in my two K season, I traded uh, for De'Aaron Fox. And yeah, so my back. I'm so mad at Grizzlies. you for that. It's De'Aaron Fox and John ja Morant on the Grizzlies. I'm actually very excited about that. Mm. That's good. Okay, so uh, I, I think that's it. Uh, we will we'll release these as we can. Um, I think we should just hopefully. I know it's a lot, but hopefully you guys can power through two episodes on a Sunday, and then we can talk about it. I think it'll be good for us. And I right now I need a little sports fix in my life, so I think this is gonna be this is gonna be nice. So any any last thoughts? Nope. No. No. All right. All right. Thank you, everybody. Uh, this has been the uh, Jordan podcast or jordan documentary review show uh for avery for joel for nick and for the coronavirus ruining everything this is cole mcgee uh see you guys later Hardaway lost it. Strip,